Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to the Lifestyle Lifters Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian MacDonald, here to help you look, feel and perform better without restrictive dieting. And today I interviewed Amelia Lang. Amelia is an online fitness coach, former professional dancer. And on today's episode, we talk, it's one of those episodes I feel that we could have spoken for ages and ages, but we covered a lot of things, including Amelia's own personal nutrition philosophy, how she coaches her clients through it, how she removes the guilt, the fear, the shame, the anxiety that some people have for eating out at restaurants, for socializing, and just breaking any of those restrictive diets, which a lot of her clients previously would have followed. We then spoke about training and Amelia, and I, I feel we have a similar style of training. It's what we call hybrid training, where it's a combination of some cardio, some strength work, some core, some conditioning. And Amelia is actually currently, um, as of as of recording this, she has a half marathon in two days. So she speaks about her training, how she went from not being able to run one kilometer to building up to a 21K a half marathon this coming weekend. We often just talk uh, in general about summertime, obviously summer being around the corner. Uh, we've been speaking to a lot of individuals who want to look better, feel better, feel more confident in themselves at the beach with their top off. So like just what are some actionable steps that you can take to make sure that you're in the best possible shape for summer and of course just year round. And we, then we finish off with some rapid fire there as well. So. Uh, a lot of value in today's show and if you do get value from it the only thing that i will ask is you can even do while you're listening unless you're commuting i you no need to do this but please just leave a five-star review it does help mastery with the ratings it helps this podcast reach other people and just leave that review if you feel you got value from it's the only small non-monetary fee that we do ask in return all right so without further ado episode 56 of the lifestyle lifter show i hope you enjoy Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Lifestyle Lifter Show. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Amelia Annie Lang. Amelia is a former professional dancer. She is a lover of almond croissants, and she's an online health and fitness coach based just outside of Brighton in England, but she coaches clients worldwide. Amelia, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, what a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> Almond croissants, I'll tell you, they looked really, really tasty, the ones you post on your IG stories, but I, I hope not to disappoint you. I've yet to try them, but it definitely is on my list. Oh my gosh, incredible. It would change your life, isn't <laughs> Change mine. Um, the, the, perfect, the perfect post-workout treat. Um, Amelia, before we get you started and just learn a bit more about you and your backstory, Share something about yourself that most of your audience or followers in IG do not know. Oh, um, I mean, I'm pre- I'm a pretty open book on my IG on my IG. Um, but um, oh, that's a hard one. I'm, oh, I'll have a think and maybe get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll answer that towards the end. But Amelia, I'd love to know, learn more about your, your backstory. You're a former professional dancer, obviously turned full-time online fitness coach. Just share a bit about how you actually got doing and got into what you currently do. Yeah, so um, I um, left home when I was 16 and went to a dance musical theatre college um, towards London Way. Um, and yeah, I, I loved dancing um, and exercise. I've always been an active kind of 
child um, and then went off and did dancing um, did my three years at um, college or university, whatever you want to call it, and then graduated and started um, working within the dance industry. So I did um, a couple of jobs like tours and things like that. And then my bigger kind of jobs were um, th- I did Thriller Live. So I did the international wow. tour of that one um which was incredible like we went to like some crazy places like um Germany Poland Amsterdam Dubai Kuwait um so it was a good way to see the world and then I then moved into West End um in London with that show and then um COVID hit and uh then um I went I moved in I transitioned into fitness um But yeah, prior to that, I did get my PT qualification in between um, two jobs, just as like a backup in case anything did happen, which thank God I did. Um, But yeah, so um, I then moved into um, moved into fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And had COVID had COVID not happened three years, I think three years to the date, actually, the 10th of March, it was 2020 when schools closed here in Ireland. Do you think you'd still be down the professional dancing route or doing obviously being a being a fitness coach instead? Um, you know what? I actually think I would have drifted into being into fitness anyway. Um, as I was coming towards the end of my West End contract, it was gonna end in like April, May time. Um, I was thinking about um sure. going and doing like um like some more fitness space classes and things like that just because my dream was always to do tour and west end and I did both of those so I kind of like achieved that that goal and and I'm quite um a driven person so I'm like what's next what's next so because I had the qualification I was sort of ready to move on to something different anyway so I think I would have found it anyway it might have just taken a little bit more time but covid definitely pushed me a little bit quicker into that and to speed (laughs) things up i I the exact same so i was doing um i was a former primary school teacher and i would have been teaching we'll say march 2020 until the schools closed down but then we had to transition to just online teaching with our students but i had a lot of extra free time which i just i wasn't used to having before because i used to like teach during the day get my own workout in, coach my clients in the evening. And by the time you're actually sitting down and winding down, it's like 10 o'clock, you're in bed and you're up in the morning just doing the same thing. Got a bit stressed out, but obviously with schools in, it's like from being so like just um short on time to having more time than I knew what to do it. I did like a kind of an online coaching course, even though I had my PT qualification. And as like like you, it just kind of, it was a blessing for some and, and I think I definitely fell into that bracket as well. So we can definitely align with that Amelia. So tell us about like what kind of clients, who's the clientele that you primarily coach Amelia? Um, So I am predominantly coach women who busier working women who are struggling to find the time to exercise, who are looking to lose weight, um, tone up and who have tried every diet under the sun um, whether that's low calorie keto, um, even the, the new one of the weighted hula hoop, um, I, I I help them push past that and find a life of um, food freedom, balance, and and be able to maintain their weight off and not have to go through the cycle of kind of regaining that again um, and going on another diet. So yeah, that's the kind of um, they're my clients that I work with. Um, but yeah. And we'll just say with, obviously with diets, there's a big emphasis on nutrition, what you do, Amelia, what would you say are like just some of the 
most common mistakes that you see people make when they initially start working with you? Um, I think it's the number one thing is, is cutting out the foods that they absolutely love. And I think, uh, yes, there is a massive ton of restriction that have come from cutting out sugars or alcohol and, and diving in kind of cold turkey, but you're, yeah. you're kind of just setting yourself up to fail because you're just going to crave them more. You're going to end up wanting them more and then you'll just end up binging on them. Um, sure. So that's kind of the number one thing. And I think second to that is is diving too far in the deep end anyway and and trying to do 10,000 steps and five workouts and hit your calorie deficit and do this do that and it's all too overwhelming for especially for the women that I work with like if you're busy and you're trying to do all of that on top it's just far too overwhelming and it is like running if you were to run a marathon like and you'd never trained for it before you wouldn't go out on your first session run a full-blown marathon and then completely just die you train for it um so yeah they're probably the two things that i see where people kind of go wrong with them with with dieting 100 percent, yeah that kind of idea that you got to be 10 out of 10 perfect and then you have the cookie you have the donut you have the slice of cake and you press the effort button and say i've already had this i may as well keep going and just kind of continue eating i think i think uh, we can definitely align with that as well amelia but but tell me then, what's your own kind of overall nutritional philosophy? Um, what's your like method of kind of coaching your clients? I do you do meal plans? Do you prescribe certain diets, or is it more so like lifestyle slash sustainability? <clears throat> yeah. So um, I mean, for my type of clients, when when it comes to meal plans, I I don't highly agree with them. Obviously, sorry. Obviously, if it's going for like um a bodybuilding show or anything like that or you're an athlete I totally understand but how yeah. I work with my clients is um and I don't know about you is I actually educate them around calories around foods around protein and and how to um how to actually go out and socialize without hitting the script button and and kind of an education around food and calories um just because I feel like that's something that's missing from a lot of a lot of solutions um you most people would do a diet club or a diet and they'll do it for a couple of weeks but then they'll finish it and then they'll just go back to all their old ways and old habits and then regain that weight whereas when you actually have an education around something you're able to then like maintain it for the rest of your life I don't know if you find that with with your clients yeah for sure it's 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 getting out first of all of that end game mentality that there is an end to this like you're going to be eating food for the rest of your life and if you can genuinely feel that that diet, that keto diet where it's carb-free for the rest of your life is something you can actually implement, well, absolutely go for it. But on the flip side, if you if it's just going to be a short-term thing, provided you have a back-out plan, you know, that can be optimal for some. But for the majority of our clients, I feel it's like, okay, what are the fundamentals here? Protein at every single meal, maybe 80% of our calories for more whole foods. Um, You know, just your fiber intake, your veggies. Um, just these kind of things that you're preaching there it's I feel it's just much more kind of sustainable and something they can actually implement long term but we'll say when it comes to your clients like eating out at restaurants I had Jack Ad on the podcast recently and he was telling me I think the calories now are mentioned on some of the UK menu is that right yeah Yeah. I don't know do you you have we don't have it here in Ireland no we don't Um, have it here in Ireland 
you know what it's actually been quite beneficial for I know a lot of my clients love that because it just feels like it takes a little bit of pressure off and I think as well it's nice to see for them to see as well that that salad and that burger sometimes that burger is actually lowering calories in that salad (laughs) and it's like you can go out and enjoy the food that you actually want like did you want the salad? No. And it's in higher calories. So you can actually go for the burger. So I think in some terms it is, it is very, very useful. Obviously um, I do understand that there are some people out there that struggle with um, eating disorders and things like that. And that can be kind of a trigger for for those, which maybe an option would be to have like an option, whether you choose to have the calorie menu or not, but um, I think for for my clients, it, it is quite handy and quite useful. Um, yeah, it just, just allows you to see that. And I think it allows, again, that education of understanding of portion control and mm. being like, oh, my God, has that got that amount of calories in? Wow. Um, like, what, are, what are some of those meals where people are saying that, Amelia? Um, I mean... I think it's just things like even if you go to like five guys or something like just the fries itself are like a thousand calories and it's like oh my god like it's it's just it's just the little things like that that you realize oh my god wow (laughs) um um so yeah I think I think that's what's quite useful I mean I don't know if they're going to implement it over there I don't know um I don't I I wouldn't be opposed to it I think it would be an eye-opener for many um, like you go to your Starbucks on a Saturday morning and you get a frappuccino and you get like a you get we'll say like some kind of a donut or something and you're still hungry after it but little did you know that you've eaten and or drank as you were saying nearly a thousand calories but here's the thing also I do know with the with the restaurant menus it's that like look there there's like a 20% allowance over mm. or under of those calories so that 1000 calorie meal could potentially be 1200 and who's to say that the the chef or the cook actually putting together the meal, one person's portion could be bigger than others. So it's always even open to yeah. being potentially bigger or smaller. But I think it's just good in general um, to have that education. What advice would you offer to someone, Amelia, who, who might have some form of anxiety about eating out? Or on the flip side, just someone who, look, I'm, re- I'm seeing really consistent progress. And I do want to eat out, but I don't want to absolutely mess up everything I've been doing so far. What are some tips you feel for that guy or that girl would be helpful for them? Um, I think with that being said, I think it's just, I think it's kind of taking away the pressure of um, like the, the panic, first of all, like it, it's just a meal out. And I think a lot of, um, I don't know if you find this with some of your clients, um, but some will be like, oh, I'm going out for a meal out this week and I'm going to completely ruin my progress. And I think you have to think there's seven days of the week and there's, you can eat, you have, say you have three meals a day. Um, that's, that's a lot of meals. I'm not very good at maths, but that's a lot of meals throughout the week. <laughs> um, I think, is that 21? Three times seven, 21, absolutely. So yeah. so four, it's 21. Fourth, fourth class maths there. I'm only joking. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're private. you were a teacher, so oh, my yeah. God. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's, that's 21 meals. And if you're having one meal out, that, that that's still 20 meals that you can eat that have got high in protein, that are filled with lots of veggies. So kind of taking that pressure away to understand that even if you had two meals out, then that's... Then, 
that's still you've still got all of those rest and those meals and I think it's taking that kind of pressure away and and when you do go out it's just being that little bit more mindful so Brilliant. opting for maybe um a meal that is higher in protein whether that's chicken steak fish um filling up with veggies on that and then um something that might help is getting your sauce on the side or opting for more of a tomato based sauce rather than a creamier sauce and I think it's just making those choices that are just a little bit more aligned with your goals you can go out and enjoy but also not kind of hit the screw it button and have a three course meal and cocktails and and whatnot absolutely yeah no and and often often even just the culture over here in Ireland it's it's not even like the more so the night out, but it's not necessarily the night out where people do more of the damage. It's the following day. It's getting up. It's having a, a fry, a full a full English or a full Irish fry there. It is grabbing a takeaway later on with just, you know, with your chips and with all your fried foods there. It's having the comfort foods and the multiple bars of chocolate where people do, quote unquote, more damage. But as you were saying, like even just some so- small swaps, I love the way you said there, but ha- asking for the dressing on the side, um, adding more adding more protein ask for an extra source of protein ask for an extra serving of veggies there all of these things and once people kind of understand that in order for your social life to win your your fat loss doesn't necessarily have to lose um so i think that's like it's it's just a good way of looking at things and because you mentioned Amelia, you work with a lot of just busy working women and busy working professionals something i'm not sure if you get this with your members but maybe you know, often will kind of they might say that I don't have all this time, we'll say, to cook food in the evening, or you know, I want to eat healthy, quote unquote, healthy, but I'm a bit caught for time in the kitchen. Do you have any like kind of time management tips for anyone who who is falls into that bracket? Um, yeah, so I think, um, how I help my clients kind of navigate that because all of them are busy uh, working women so some of them are night shifts um 12 hour shifts um and things like that and and my number one tip as a coach and something that I've learned through and through is literally just planning ahead so it's taking out like 30 minutes on a Sunday for yourself to sit down and and not write a meal plan but kind of write out yeah. the meals that you the shopping list from the shopping list to then getting the meals that you're going to cook and knowing where you're getting your protein in from and just writing those meals out. So you're kind of setting yourself up. So you've, you're going in with a plan. Whereas sometimes I see a lot of women, they're going in to their week thinking, oh, well, I'm really busy. So let's just see what happens. More, but seeing yeah. what happens could be driving through McDonald's drive through because we didn't plan ahead. And I think it's just having a plan because then even if something does pop up or you have to stay an extra hour at work, at least you've got that plan in place and kind of can um, and move around, move around that because you've got a plan rather than thinking, well, I've not got a plan. So I might as do well, I might as well do whatever I want, if that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just kind of planning that, that week out ahead, as you were saying, and you know, often when, and I know myself, I'm a freaking demon. I can turn into an absolute demon when I'm hungry and you just want something and it's going to take 15 minutes and I'll be snacking on the side and be pulling left, right and center. Just having something prepared there, it just saves you a lot of time. It saves you a lot of stress. I'm curious, Amelia, what way do you work your own nutrition? Do you do you batch your meals? Do you cook as you go? Or do you do like a combination of both? 
Um, I mean, to be honest, I'm obviously very lucky now because I, I now um, work from home. Um, so I kind of just, and I, I'm quite good at eyeballing what I, what I eat now. So yeah. um, I'm very lucky the fact that I can go down and cook cook from the kitchen. But previous to this, I was a PT in a, in a gym and I was teaching fitness classes and I was up at 4.30 in the morning and I wasn't getting home sure. till 9 p.m. at night. So I totally understand the you struggles that people go through um and with that when I was doing that I was prepping my my overnight oats for breakfast and I had my um sandwich for lunch and then I had something prepped and ready for dinner um and even on the busier days that were a little bit longer and I knew I was getting in it even later um those days I would have like one of those low calorie pizzas from Lidl or from Audi or from Sainsbury's in the freezer ready because that fitted within like um not kind of hitting the screw screw button um sure. on that, that front yeah. um yeah. but yeah so right now I'm obviously very lucky that I do but um I have experienced that of that that kind of busyness of yeah of that. for sure I was the exact same uh, overnight oats in the morning I used to bring with me to school and uh, by the time we got home from PT in the evening like nine o'clock I wouldn't do it now I'll tell you I, I used to have like a meal an hour before bed and it was like it was a stir fry, but I just needed something to get into me because you'd be starving otherwise, as you were saying, and just preparing in advance. I think that's a big takeaway for anyone that just identify those times in the day or times in the week when you know you probably don't have the time, you probably don't have the discipline to actually cook and just having something prepared in advance there for those days. Even with Aldi now, Amelia or Little, they even have some ready-made meals there which are quite calorie-friendly, three, 400 calories, 30, 40 grams of protein that, look, if it is a case that you got to use those, it's absolutely better than just going through a drive-through or McDonald's and and as you said, pressing the screw button. Mm-hmm. Um, just Amelia, then in terms of your what what are your thoughts? Sorry, on calorie counting, do you use My Fitness Pal yourself? Do you recommend it to your clients? Um, yeah. So I I mean that's how I kind of first um that was the first yeah. thing that helped me um when I was trying to lose a bit of um body fat myself and it was um well I had a coach and she helped me work out how to track and things like that so I did did use um my fitness pal um for a while because it just allows you to see like portion control and sure. allows you to see that peanut butter hasn't actually got that much protein in (laughs) and just things like that because there's so many factors put out there of like this is healthier than this and this is better than this but I think when you sit down and you do it yourself and you realize oh I can include that favorite food in into my day-to-day day-to-day life it helps so that's how I navigate things with my clients however um I don't do it anymore because it was a tool for what I needed back then if I of course, if I was going in a surplus or if I was going to go in another cut, then I may get it out again and, and use it. Um, yeah. But yeah, what I, what about you? Do you? Um... Yeah, it's, it's like that. It's like I highly recommend your clients to do it for even just 30 days. And it is an absolute eye opener, as you're saying that, OK, like for me, even just some foods that surprise me, like the likes of pesto or hummus, like because I don't eat those that often. But just like looking at the calories on those, it's like. God, you know, you wouldn't want to be pouring on the tablespoons with those or peanut butter. I used to eat that from the jar. And then you'd realize that, okay, like one tablespoon of peanut butter, a heap, like, and you got to remember a tablespoon is context dependent. 
everyone's table. But if you were like to do a, t- a heap tables from the peanut butter, that could have like two to three hundred calories all dependent. So what I always recommend our clients to immediately as well is at least just start out with the MyFitnessPal. And if you get to a point where you're at nutritional mastery, where you can kind of eyeball it, and if you're eating the same or similar foods every single week, just with the way we navigate our check-ins, I ask them to do it once in the weekday. So maybe Monday at the start of the week, and then just once in the weekend as well. Because people often then can kind of fall into the bracket of having a good, real, root, consistent routine Monday through Friday, where they're eating the same or similar foods. But then the weekends, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm working out consistently. I'm eating, quote unquote, healthy, but I'm not seeing any changes. And you look at the nutrition at the weekend, and that's where things can actually be out of balance. So that's kind of my approach. But I always recommend the clients to start out because, as you said, above all else, it's just education. It's giving you education on, you know, the, the number of calories, the amount of protein, et cetera, in each of these individual foods. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that that education is just such a big factor of it because I don't know um, what you were like at school, but I know when I went to school and I did GCSE um, food technology, but like I look back at that and I did not learn one thing about um calories or protein I just learned how to cook a cake like what and what good (laughs) did that do me like looking back I think oh my god and I think that that education is so important in many many realms of life even with like um taxes and mortgages I feel like that should be pushed more into like school and things like that but but, but, but probably it's, it's like a whole Anton, other topic. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, that is a whole other topic because even for, for me when I was in school, obviously I'd have a bias towards sport. So I would try to, like in some schools, I don't agree with it. If if the children are misbehaving, what's the first thing that's taken away from them? Their PE time. It's like, you know, it's it's not only does it have the physical benefits, but also just mentally for them as well, just to get out, to, to move a bit. Like us all, if you're stuck indoors all day, your concentration levels do go down. Don't didn't learn anything a lot about nutrition when I was in secondary school. I used to eat penny sweets in the morning, get like a, a roll or something at lunchtime. It was awful. And I didn't have that education until I just essentially self-taught myself, started reading some books, started learning a bit more about it. So I think if you can shorten your learning curve, it's so, so simple now. Like literally just take out even my fitness pal, start logging your foods for a full week. And that will give you a good idea where your proteins are at, where your calories are at. Um, and and just kind of, as you said, maybe pivot away from that once you have that education built up. Um, Amelia, no, you're someone, you're obviously outside of the professional dancer dancing, you've also just a, a real love, I know, for the gym and for, for training there. You post some really impressive even just workouts <laughs> on your on your IG there. What kind of, uh, what's your preferred side of training that you like to adhere to? Um. So I definitely I love weight training. Um, I uh, is it, I suppose you could call it bodybuilding, but I'm not I'm not the type that does the competitions or anything like that. And I do dabble into a bit of like CrossFit and a bit of running here and there. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I absolutely love just give me a give me a barbell and I'm happy. Chuck <laughs> some weights on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what What are your thoughts on hybrid training? Um, I mean, to be fair, I would probably say that my, I'd probably shift a bit more towards hybrid training. I would say so um, as well, just yeah. from observation. Yeah. Cause you're doing a half marathon this weekend. Am I right? I know. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I am. I am. Um, I'm ex- running's definitely one of them things that 
I always told myself I couldn't do and then I was like you know what I'm gonna break down that barrier and I am gonna start running and then I haven't I've even after the half marathon I'm definitely gonna keep it within my training maybe stick at 10 k's um yeah (laughs) I'm curious how you're training how how has it looked for for preparing for the half so far what was your kind of running split there um I mean it's not been the best I've I've been trying to do two runs a week so a slower run and, and then a slower recovery run and then a longer run um I have dabbled some intervals but not that much um yeah and then the furthest I've done in my runs uh, um a couple of weeks ago was an 18 and a half kilometer oh you're so, there so yeah um and then that route that I did was so hilly whereas the route that I'm doing for the half marathon is basically all flat so I feel like it's in the bag a hundred percent a hundred percent um me and one of my mates immediately, we ran a marathon, the Dublin Marathon in 2018. And I was reading in a book, it's The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And there's a there's a chapter in there called From 5K to 50K in six weeks or something like that. But essentially, the style of training they were, they were recommending, he never ran any more than five kilometers preparing for a 50K race. But a lot of the work that they were doing, as you were saying, it was a lot of like hill work. And the idea being that if you can make your training harder than the race itself, the race is actually going to be so much easier. So what I did was there's like a kilometer route there by the house where it's just like we call it Churchill. And it's just like this incline, incline, incline for like 400 meters. But people were always talking in Dublin about, oh, wait until you get to the hill at mile 20. You know, it kills so many people. But the training that we've been doing up until that point, it was actually way, way harder. So the hill itself, it was nothing new. So I think you, you took the right approach there, making your yeah. training harder than the actual route itself. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Great book as well from uh, Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week. Do you have like a goal time you'd like to get the half marathon in or is it just more so look, this is a goal I'd like to hit. I'd like to take it off and complete it and, and just try my best. Um, I have said sub two hour. So I'm thinking around one hour 55 maybe maybe Brilliant. yeah yeah awesome um yeah but that's awesome with the marathon what did you, have you done many marathons and half no marathons? i just i just did it one i just did one one marathon and one half and what spurred from it was i'm sure you know david goggins yeah oh my god yeah. <laughs> incredible so, so when he like initially just came to the came to the scene it was around 2018 and that was when i first heard him on the joe rogan show and honestly, just after hearing that, I was like, oh, my God, this guy is absolutely crazy. I got to do something that pushes me. So in my mind, I was like, OK, what's the hardest possible thing I can think of, of doing? And I just had a marathon. So I just there and then, you know, in the inspiration, it only lasts for a while. And if you if you are someone listening and you are inspired or you're motivated to do something, take action now and do not freaking wait a week or two weeks because you'll be feeling much, much different something could pop up you'd be in a, in a different frame of mind so I just booked the Dublin marathon and then you know yourself once you book the race you, you'll you find a way to train for it and you'll find a way to do it because you know you're freaking doing it and that was kind of the way that I did it as well um just to just to put myself out of the comfort zone yeah no I think that's a massive like thing for anyone actually listening to this is like if you think about when you book a holiday like you're so much more motivated to reach that goal um and the same same with like a marathon or a race or something like that you're then more likely to show up each day to hit those sessions to hit those things to 
kind of get you to where you want to be for that for that um for that specific thing absolutely yeah i feel in my own training at the moment i kind of i always recommend our members to like set some physique goals and performance goals so like performance goal like yourself run a half marathon run a 5k run a 10k hit 100 kilos on the bench or hip thrust or whatever it might be but then a physique goal as well like get to a goal weight get to a goal body fat percentage and I just feel for myself at the moment, my performance goal, I'm carrying a slight injury. So I just, I really want to get back to sprinting, not running, but actually full throttle sprinting this year. Haven't been able to do it the past while. And then physique wise, I'm kind of like, do I cut? Do I bulk? So I think I might just need to like book a photo shoot. I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever get this. Just to, just to give me something to train for more than anything else. So I have like a goal with a deadline. Yeah, no, 100%. Definitely. And so... With your with the training that you you do with your clients in the media, is this like a combination of free weights? Do you use barbells? Um, is it a bit of both? Do you implement cardio as well? I'm curious how you work that in general. Yeah, so with my clients, um, to be fair, I'd say most of them. I mean, there are a few um gym goers in there, but a lot of them are home workouts as well. Sure. Um, which I do opt for them always to try and purchase some dumbbells or some sort of weight um to kind of use because that's gonna help them on their journey. Um, but yeah, so we would probably do dependent on the individual and dependent on their schedule, because how I work with my clients is it's um a personalized plan. So their workouts that they get, they're made for them and not, it's not like a generic plan that you get one f- size fits all. Okay, so, clear, yeah. um, so it could be three work- workouts a week, four. Um, sometimes we may implement some running if in there if they want to build up on their running. Um, cardio wise wouldn't be my first and foremost to put in their yeah. plan, but it's something we may implement later on down the line if I don't want to lower their calories any lower. Um, and then the other thing we focus on is just their step count. Um, again, that's very dependent on the individual. If they're currently hitting like 2000, I'm not going to try and make them hit 10,000 in their first yeah. week because that ain't yeah. going to happen. So um, again, very dependent on the, uh, on the individual, but yeah, that's kind of how, I work with training with them. Um, so yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and obviously, Amelia, with summer coming coming up now as well, um, a slight change in the weather also. Let's just say there's somebody here listening and we'll say on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being, I don't know, ready to to hop on stage in a photo shoot or a bodybuilding show. And there's someone listening and they're at maybe a five in terms of like just their their physique and their body fat and they'd like to go from a five to an eight you know i don't want to step up on stage i don't want to get absolutely shredded i don't want to feel miserable but i would like to get pretty lean or just feel confident with my top off or feel confident at the beach there what are some tips that you would give to him or to her to like just go from let's say a five to an eight inside the next three months we'll just say um oh I like this question. And um, I think it would just be um, definitely to, depending on where the individual is at, but definitely try and hit maybe three to four gym sessions a week. Yeah. Um, and with those gym sessions, make sure you're um, progressively overloading each week on your sessions, following a structured program um, where you're not changing the workouts every single week. You want to stick yeah. with something. Um 
and then make sure you're progressing on those on those exercises and then with that as well um especially if you're doing big compound movements like your squats your deadlifts your bench press um pull-ups things like that is really engaging that course you're allowing that core muscles to kind of be working and to work um once that's kind of the training side of things um a high protein diet 100 percent through and through um drinking water step count again i would probably opt for if you are going trying to go from a five to an eight you're probably going to want to be hitting ten thousand to twelve thousand steps a day um sure and then dependent on the individual maybe adding a little bit of cardio in there um but build up on that um yeah, I think you kind of touched on the main yeah. points there. Like it all comes down to lifestyle and schedule there too. But I think if you're if you look at your big rocks, as you were saying, like just strength training three or four times a week, training each body part twice a week, a high protein diet, and just being more conscientious, as you were saying, of your steps. Like the great thing about walking, Amelia, as you know, is after a run, to be fair, like you do that 18 and a half kilometer run, you would be starving afterwards. And you can often like eat back those extra calories and some more. Whereas after a walk, if you go for like, I know it's not as taxing or it's not as long and it's a different form of cardio, but after a walk, you wouldn't be nearly as hungry. So it's like, it's just a nice and simple way to increase your activity without necessarily increasing your appetite so much. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, as you said, just sustainability there as well. Amelia, we'll go on to some uh, rapid fire and then we will, we can uh, mm-hmm. wrap it up then. So um. First question is, what is one new habit you've implemented since last year? Running. Running is my habit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Once I'm, a week. I'm curious. How did you, like, did you go from, did you start from zero and go to one kilometer, two kilometers, or how did you build it up? Yeah, I was awful. So I couldn't even run one kilometer around my block a year ago. I just could not, just over a year ago, I just couldn't do it. And then um, I did have a period where I stopped for a while. And then I was like, no, I'm going to do it. So I continued and then gave myself that habit of I'm going to do at least one run a week, whether that's just running five kilometers or running on the treadmill, if it's absolutely horrendous outside, like that is my thing because it's something that I really want to better get better at and I think um not that it's a habit that anyone else has to do but that was a habit for me that I wanted to implement and get better at so if I didn't implement that I wouldn't have got got better at it um yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely awesome stuff um when you hear the word successful Amelia who is the first person who comes to mind um think oh that's such a hard question um successful I think my I'd say as a group I'd say my family my family are very driven and um my mom and my brothers and my and my stepdad they're all very driven and um they're very yeah and they aspire me awesome yeah awesome yeah your family keep it close to home um what is your what so your breakfast menu what is your ultimate breakfast breakfast of choice um i love it used to be protein porridge however not anymore i have um 
it would be a bagel, but like one half of the bagel would be like a savory and that would be like um, turkey bacon and maybe an egg on the top. And then the other half, which I'd have a break before, a little, a little two minutes before <laughs> I'd have it. And then the other one would be lotus biscoff on the other bagel. Um, oh, amazing. Yeah, I love, I've got the biggest sweet tooth ever. So I have to always finish on something sweet. Awesome. I love <laughs> it. Okay. Uh, three more. If you could go back to when you first started Amelia, what's one piece of advice you'd give to your younger self? Um, stay consistent and be patient. Stay consistent and be patient. Awesome. What is one question, Amelia, you wish that people asked you more of? Um, 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 how long will it take me to achieve my goal? I think the reason why I say that is because I think a lot of people go into it thinking, oh, it's going to take me like two or three weeks to drop fat. And I, and I think people need to know going into something that it's going to take longer than two to three weeks if you want it to be sustainable. And I think people need to know that because it's a journey. It's not, it's not a quick fix. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Manage those expectations. Awesome. And last question, Amelia, what, what do you feel is the most underrated gym exercise out there that most people don't do enough of? To build some incredible glutes, a weighted step up is incredible, especially if you lean forwards on it. I, I'm very underrated. Love a weighted oh, brilliant. step up. brilliant. <laughs> is that a high, a high box or a medium box step up? Um, medium box. Yeah, medium yeah. box. Yeah, yeah they, are, they are. In the gym, I would actually say, I rarely see anyone do it. And I think they're unbelievable for hip mobility, for ankle mobility, and you're training in plane of motion that most people don't train in. So do you know Cossack squats? Have you ever done goblet Cossack squats? It's essentially where you, so you know a goblet squat where you're holding the, the dumbbell at your chest and you're just doing yeah. a squat where you're squatting down. A goblet Cossack squat is where your legs are pointed out like wider than you'd have a yeah. sumo deadlift. Okay, that wide and even a bit more, and you shift your hips to the left hand side and simultaneously turn. We'll say you're you're shifting your hips to the left hand side and simultaneously you're point pointing your right toe in the opposite direction. So it's kind of like this side to side, similar to a lateral or a side lunge, but you're really hitting the hips, you're hitting your groin, your adductors, and your ankle mobility. It's a big one for that as well. So. Uh, that's been that's been one that I've been doing for my rehab and I just feel so so good after them and oh my god the doms after them are freaking <laughs> insane you'll have to you'll have to try them out yeah I love that I'll do it after my half marathon <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely not the day before um Amelia what just before we go what is there something you are excited about outside of the half marathon is there anything else you're currently working towards or looking forward to I am going to Bali to go and work in Bali um, not to work out there but to do my online coaching um, from Bali for a month um, in April and I'm so excited I love the sunshine so yeah I just feel like I'm just gonna be so much more productive and yeah it's just yeah 
Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's definitely on the to-do list, Bally. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. Um, Amelia, for any for listeners out there who want to learn more about you and what you offer, where is the best place to send them? Um, so Instagram, um, my my handle is Amelia Lang, so A-M-E-L-I-A-L-A-Y-N-G. Um, that's the same for my TikTok as well, um, and Facebook. But yeah, Instagram's probably the best one to find me on. Perfect. I will, Amelia, I'll post a, I'll post a link to your IG in the show notes. And thanks so much for hopping on. Really, really enjoyed no, the podcast. So really enjoyed our talk. And absolutely best of luck as well with the half marathon. I assume you're going to do a big carb load today and or tomorrow to get yourself fueled and, and Almond and ready cross to go. on. Is that already? <laughs> <laughs> Almond crossing at the finish line. Well. <laughs> Amelia, thanks so much. This has been awesome. Thanks again. No, thank you for having me.